So many of us sensitive, introverted beings have a challenging relationship with our intuition. We've been made to believe our magic is shameful, or that we're untrustworthy, or that logic and intellect should always take the lead. In the quest for leading more wholesome, aligned, and divinely integrated lives, it's crucial that we reconnect with our intuitions. On today's show, episode 37, I'm discussing the intuition and its importance, as well as ways to strengthen it, specifically through divination practices such as tarot, scrying, journeying, and more. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Subtle Medicine, brought to you by Innerspark.life by Devin Ray Battaglia. This is the resource for the sensitive soul looking to reclaim their power and reconnect to their magic through remembering how to trust their bodies, align with nature and cosmic flow, leverage their subtle energies, and transmute trauma and pain into gifts and purpose. Get ready to dive into all things holistic healing, natural living, conscious relating, epic life changing, and spirituality, all steeped in earth-based wisdom. I'm the show's producer, Mike, and now here's your host, Devin. Hey, beloveds. Okay, so intuition, strengthening our intuition through divination practices. Trying something a little different with this episode. This is going to be a little kind of mini quick lesson with very actionable things. And I would love for you at the end of this show to pick at least one, like one to three, because I'm going to share some really juicy things with you. One to three of these divination practices and work with them. Work with them. If you're listening to this at this time, it's being recorded in the Northern Hemisphere in late autumn. And really working with our intuition at this time is so powerful. We're in the darkest time of the year. The veils are very thin. I know that's a very cliche overused term, and it's very true. We're in this time of of death. And so accessing that, that inner wisdom is so much easier. Accessing messages from the intangible, subtle realms is so much easier. Accessing messages from our ancestors who are not just the people that have come before us, but the ghosts of our former selves, um, plants, minerals, the soil, the moonbeams, the seawater, the ocean, the the sun rays, ocean seawater. I, I really love the ocean, as you can tell. Anyways, we have access to these things way more easily. And our intuition is something that is very neglected, especially in our modern world, where we tend to rely on being very action-oriented and acting out of logic and intellect and, and really praising those things over feeling and sensing and being embodied and receiving intuitive messages and receiving divine guidance. And as sensitive beings, we really have access to this part. And it's for a reason. We are the bridges between the tangible and the intangible. And so it's really up to us to strengthen that part, to not only find more wholeness and alignment and nourishment in our own lives, but to bring forth and ground in those codes and those messages so that we can share them with others through whatever means that looks like, whether it's in your business or whether it's in your family or you're a parent, whatever that looks like. We all have something to offer. So without further ado... Oh, actually, before that, if you're curious about the intuition and its relationship between the chakras, I really invite you, and I'll put it in the show notes, to go check out the the series that we did on this 
show about the chakras and specifically looking at the third eye and the crown, because that is our place of receiving from the cosmos, receiving divine insight and divine inspiration, as well as the episode where I talked about protecting your sovereignty and protecting your crown. All of that ties in very nicely. And on this episode, like I said, I'm getting into quick and practical and grounded and tangible ways that you can work with this part of you and strengthen it. So first thing is to develop a practice of pausing and checking in with yourself before anything, anything. Most of us habitually and reactively go about our days. We do things the same way because we're in a habit, right? Maybe we get in a rut of like eating the same things every day or moving our bodies the same way every day or not moving our bodies. We, we can kind of just kind of reactively go about things. Maybe you find yourselves having the same arguments with with your partners or with your children. And so it's just kind of like Groundhog Day, right? That's us habitually reacting. That's not us living from an intuitive and flowy place where we're meeting each moment with wonder and awe and with the newness that it truly brings us. And so pausing and checking before everything. And that can be as simple as just slowing your roll a little bit. That can look like taking a breath before responding to somebody that you're speaking with. That can look like taking a breath before eating or before preparing your food. Um, Taking an extra breath in the shower in the morning to just give thanks for the water and for the warmth and for your body and just feeling into like, what's up for me right now? What's alive? What am I noticing? That's truly foundational step number one. Absolutely non-negotiable needs to happen. Another thing is to begin to develop a practice of playing with and testing your intuition. So back in the days when we had landlines and no caller ID, I always knew who was calling always. My dad would call from work and I would just pick up the phone. Hey, daddy, how did you know it was me? I just did. And so there are ways that we can, we can test these things, right? And trust that what we are feeling and what we are, are sensing is correct. And sometimes, you know, it may not be, and that's okay. And we strengthen through practice, through, through testing. So if you get some type of intuitive hit about something that will happen in your day, look for it. Or if you feel called to turn left on the way home when the usual route is on the way right, go that way because there may be something or someone that that you need to see. If your phone rings, (laughs) we have cell phones with caller ID now. However, if it rings, feel into who it may be, that the the energetic of, of what's happening. Because truly, Every single thing is connected. This is not just some super woo-woo out there crap. We are all entangled at the quantum level. And so when something happens, especially as sensitive beings, we can feel into the subtle shift that's taking place, if you will, in the ether. And we are able to tap into like, hmm, what what does that feel like? What's happening? We can feel into the collective energy at that time. We're very impacted by the cosmic happenings at that time. And so, like I said before, you're pausing and checking in before everything and really feeling it. And from there, you're able to receive, hmm, like what's what's going on? What might happen today? 
who do I need to get in touch with? And you may find out that when you do get in touch with that person, they'd been thinking about you or they really needed you or something. So begin to just test it and play with it. Yeah. So those are the two most important things I wanted to mention before I get into some specific divination practices. So divination practices are tools that we can turn to, to help us to silence the rational mind. And we never want to get rid of it. We never want to say that intellect or logic or the rational mind or any of these things are are bad. We need them. However, we need to kind of swing the pendulum back and come into the intuitive more fully and then allow it to find its its nice equilibrium where we're kind of dancing between those poles and we're allowing them to merge and maybe playing over here more in the intuition at times when it's necessary, maybe playing over here more at times in the logical mind when it's necessary and trusting that we know how to flow. So divination practices are ways that we can we can move past that logical mind that likes to block out things that it doesn't understand. And the thing with intuition and intuitive messages is when we first receive them, we won't understand. It won't make sense. We won't really know why we're being called or moved to act in this way or to say this thing or to get in touch with that person or to turn left when we know the way home is right. It doesn't make sense at first. And so because it doesn't make sense, it can feel scary. The logical mind is like, uh, no, like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if that's safe. I don't know the outcome to that. The other way I've done countless times and I know the outcome. I can control it. It feels safe. It feels nice. However, the intuitive nudges leading life in a more intuitive embodied place allows us to fully be here, to be in each moment. And the intuition It'll all make sense eventually. You know, I I have things that maybe it's taken years. I I may have made a certain move and still waiting for all the pieces to come together. and And they all do. Everything does start to make sense. And so the logical mind is appeased. It may just take a little bit longer. And it's something very different than its usual method of operation. So with divination practices, you're accessing that part of you. You're You're flexing this intuitive muscle that is very atrophied because it's been neglected. And so just in the way that you run to strengthen your lungs and you lift weights to strengthen your muscles, this intuition needs strengthening. And that's what divination practices do. And so some of my favorite practices, I'm going to share a few with you. And again, I invite you to pick a couple and work with them. Tarot cards and oracle cards. I love my oracle cards and my tarot cards. And there is a slight difference. So oracle cards are more the the deck itself, well, both decks can be themed and they have some exquisite artwork and there are so many amazing decks available. I just, I want all of them. There, there's some really talented artists and, and diviners and, and beautiful beings that have brought forth so many different cards. So literally there is something for everyone. And tarot cards come from a more traditional lineage of of that that tarot deck and have different spreads and different ways of working with that particular deck in the the major and minor arcana and they all follow that same form oracle cards tend to be more based on that creator the creator of the deck and you know are are better suited maybe for like pulling a card a day um 
receiving, you know, a quick answer to a question. Tarot tends to be way more elaborate. And again, you could also just pull a single card from your tarot and ask it a question. You could also make an elaborate spread with an oracle deck. It's truly you. It is totally up to you. There's no rules. There's no, you know, whatever. And they're not dangerous. My goodness. I I had a, a client once and it was, he had never been around any cards and came from a very, um, very religious background. And he had seen something that I had posted on social media uh, with, with one of my cards. And he immediately sent me this message warning me about the evils of tarot and how it, it was going to suck me in to be, being open to evil in some portal. And I respected his his views, obviously, and, and he's entitled to feel that way. I, I don't feel that way. And it kind of made me sad because... That's just kind of the residual impact of this really oppressive, dogmatic, religious, patriarchal ruling that we've kind of all been under for thousands of years, where anything that is of a intangible, subtle, spirally, lunar, passive, transient, impermanent, feminine essence is completely shamed, ridiculed, denied and ostracized and persecuted and made to look evil. And so the intuition totally falls into that. So many of us, you know, that muscle is atrophied. And also we may be downright scared, ashamed and downright scared of this power, of this this kind of antenna and door within. And so we're afraid to look at it. So anything that is going to strengthen that all of a sudden becomes evil, right? Because we're, we don't, they don't want us to, to, to be empowered and to feel into that and to know on a much deeper level, to have that direct gnosis and experience of the divinity within and of our connection to source free from any other external permission or, or bridge, right? Spokesperson. So noticing with any of these divination practices, how it's not not just tarot, but all of these that I'm going to mention really do have that underlying tone of like taboo, evil, dark, stay away. When really that's just a reflection of thousands and thousands of years of powers that be not wanting us to remember and know and claim and live from our sovereignty, which is fed and guided by our intuition, which is fed and guided by our connection to source. Period. So, tarot. <laughs> Next one that I really love is scrying. Scrying. S-C-R-Y-I-N-G. Like crying with an S at the beginning. Scrying. And scrying can be done in many different ways. So the act of scrying traditionally is done with a bowl of water. And you would have a black bowl, so really dark. You don't want to be able to see through it or to see to the bottom. Just kind of have it be black and fill it up to the rim. And so when you look into it, it's like you're looking into an abyss, a void, a womb, a tomb, just the place of no thing and the source of all things, right? So this great cosmic womb void. And you would look into the water And again, allowing your mind to clear, 
and allowing any messages to come to you. So asking a specific question, and that's important as well before any of these, is asking a specific question, having a specific intention, and then proceeding with your chosen practice to receive an answer so that your your focus and your energy is like very clear and the answers you are seeking are already here and you've just created the space for them to arise. So you look into the water and get very still, get very connected, very breathing, and allow those those visions and those answers to come to you. And same thing before working with the cards. And when you're working with the cards, you would really allow it's it's the energetic frequency in the in the the symbols and the art that's truly speaking to us. And that's another reason I love the expressive arts work that I do in embodiment practices with my clients so much is because that's just another way of of getting into the body and getting those messages. So scrying, like I said, you you would do with a black bowl with water filled to the top. You can also scry with clouds. So being outside, laying on mama earth and looking up at the clouds and same thing, just asking a question and allowing yourself to see and sense and feel and intuitively decipher the the symbols and the pictures that you see in the clouds. Remember as little kids when we'd look up and, oh, look, an elephant or look, a bug. It's the same thing now. And so you get to have the beautiful experience of, okay, I asked this question and I'm seeing that. And so what, what can I take from that? And allowing it to just unravel layer and layer and layer to get to the answer. Some other form of scrying that I enjoy I have called drywall scrying and I will look up if I'm not outside, I'll look up at my ceiling and we have that kind of old school textured drywall ceiling and I'll pick out little images and stuff in there as well. I've also done it with artwork. My brother makes and his partner makes some amazing abstract art pieces and, um, Innocence Art Studios, by the way. And I love looking at, at his. Mike and I spent like a good hour and a half the other day laying on the couch, just, hey, do you see the wise anteater? Do you see that evil looking monkey looking in the lake? So allowing, again, these are ways to just receive what's already here. Your intuition's always talking to you at all times. And when you can quiet the logic, you can receive it more fully. So those are all different ways of scrying. And you can even come up with your own. I mean, reading tea leaves, anything that you are 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 drawing, receiving some type of sense from, some type of collective vision or answers. Keeping track of your dreams is also an excellent way to strengthen your intuition and to divine. Keeping a dream journal setting intentions and asking questions of your subconscious and of your guides before you go to sleep every night. And again, it may not reveal itself right away. So that night, you know, you may not remember any dreams or you may remember just a bit, but working with it, you know, giving yourself a good cycle, you can work with a moon cycle. So from full moon to full moon, new moon to new moon, however you prefer, however feels most resonant to to live with the the lunar cycles. And so just pick a cycle and really keep track of your dreams. I have a dream journal next to my bed and every morning I jot down things in it. And then we can go back and look and see how the, the threads are coming together. Another way is through 
journeying. So shamanic journeying, journeying with plant spirits, journeying with music. And that's a very specific kind of art to the journey. And it's a wonderful practice of really getting in and almost allowing it to be like a living lucid dream. So exploring the different realms within yourself, exploring the different archetypal energies, the different symbols, the different beings and the whole world that's inside of you. I mean, it's quite profound and almost like a dream, like a night dream. It's incredibly rich and full of answers and codes that can take time to decipher. And so none of these things is like a one and done, you know, oh, I pulled an Oracle card one time five years ago. So like my intuition's good, right? Or like, oh, I did that that dream journal for like two days. Oh, I did like a shamanic journey once. That was cool. These things need to be consistent. They need to be part of your life. If you're committed to a life of, of living at the intersection of human and holy and being a bridge between earth and sky and living this kind of spiritual embodied life, it just it needs to be part of it. You need to feed your logic and you need to feed your intuition. Both of these pieces need to work together. So consistency. The last two that I'll mention for today are dancing and meditation. So really anything that's going to get you in your body, if it's not dancing, it maybe it's running. I know running for me is incredibly meditative and I have some epic ideas come to me and it's almost just like, you know, literally God, goddess, speak to me. Just these like clear you know, hey, you should do this or this this thing you've been mulling over. Here's all the answers. So getting into your body, dancing, running, things that are a little bit rhythmic and where you're not necessarily having to do a whole lot of thinking about what you're doing. And then meditation, of course. And my goodness, there are so many different forms, so many different forms. And again, it's quieting the logic and inviting, coaxing out that intuition that we have pushed so far back into the corner for thousands and thousands of years. And we don't have to do that anymore. (sighs) So picking a couple, picking one that really resonates with you and making it a practice. It's not quantity. It's not like, oh, I'm going to win the divination trophy by like having all these different divination practices. I do. That's cool you know, if, if a lot resonate with you and it's really quality over quantity. So picking one, doing it consistently. If you like to activate this part of you a little bit more fully, Inner Sparks Flower Essence line is available in the apothecary at our website, innerspark.life slash apothecary. And a really amazing essence to help with the intuition and specifically activating our soul's divine blueprint so that we are really plugged into the the bigger picture, if you will, of like why we chose to be here and to receive the guidance for our path and for our steps, that would be butterfly pea essence for sure. So I would love to invite you to check that out and offer that up. And that's what I got today. Please come to the Facebook group, Activating the Sensitive Soul, and tell me about your experiences with your intuition and your experiences with these practices that I have shared. What feels challenging about trusting your intuition? And what are you hoping to unlock within yourself? The link is in my 
in the notes and also on my website at innerspark.life slash resources. All right, listeners, if you've enjoyed today's episode, it would be much appreciated if you could review us and leave us a comment. Be sure to subscribe and share the love with a friend. Also, don't forget that there's a listener survey you can take. We love your feedback. Uh, The link is in the show notes. My highest passion is guiding sensitive, introverted, intuitive beings in the reclamation and activation of their soul's blueprint so they can offer their gifts in a world that desperately needs them. I guide sensitive, introverted beings in embracing their inner spiral essence through repairing their inner structure. My work is an eclectic blend of modalities always catered to the individual and ranging from shadow work, herbs and plant spirit medicine, plant-based holistic nutrition, seasonal living, ancestral healing, subtle energy healing, embodiment practices, expressive arts, and more. Want to play together? Go check out my website for links to my blog, my Facebook community, special resources I made just for you, as well as ways we can co-create epic magic together. If you're feeling the pull towards embodying your next evolution, towards embodying more of your sovereignty, towards healing your body and your life, and ultimately rocking the heck out of your innate gifts as a sensitive soul, I definitely have something for you. Learn more at innerspark.life. And catch us next time. So much love to you until then.